Amen. Well, um, I just want to take a moment, and it's my pleasure to introduce a, a guest speaker that is here with us this morning. Um, if you've been around here at New Life over the past several years, you, uh, you probably undoubtedly will remember him. And uh, Pastor Tom Demery is the founder and director of a ministry called Pentecost Walk. And uh, he has a tremendous heart for God and a contagious faith that, uh, for repentance and unity in our nation and uh, ushering in uh, the much-needed revival that I believe in, is in God's heart for our nation. Um, and I was watching about, I guess it was like five weeks ago, um, online in Washington, D.C., they were streaming this prayer meeting, this National Day of Prayer, and it was called The Return. I don't know if any of you guys saw it or saw portions of it. Um, I was watching it, and it was like on a Saturday night, and all of a sudden, this bald guy with glasses gets up to pray. And I was like, I know that guy. That's Tom Demery. And so I start listening to him pray, and uh, I just wanted to just show you just the portion of, of, of his prayer, what he, what he presented at, that, at the return National Day of Prayer in Washington, D.C. Why don't you go ahead and play it? Today is not about the election. It's about Jesus. Tomorrow, when I'm in the pulpit of a dear friend in downtown Philly with a sweet church that, for the most part, doesn't vote the way I do, it won't be about urban renewal. It will be about Jesus. Luke 23, 12 says, that day, Herod and Pilate became friends. Before this, they'd been enemies. That was the day they were tag teaming to mock the King of Kings. Their friendship wasn't genuine. It wasn't grounded in unity. Theirs was a counterfeit of unity based on their common offense. So before I close with the National Prayer of Repentance, since God's if my people promise of healing is contingent upon our response to him as one people, let's start there. Father God, too many of us have fallen for that same counterfeit unity, unintentionally isolating and insulating ourselves from the fullness of your great commission through our cliques often based on political and racial divides, a deceptive two-for-one sucker punch from hell. So today we declare red plus blue equals purple. Not, not, a, not a kumbaya thing, sorry, where the gospel gets watered down till it's politically correct, but an infinitely higher trajectory than human effort could ever achieve, amen? For just as an artist combines reds and blues to create royal hues of purple, we believe when we, the people, come under the master's hand in genuine unity, we transcend this earthly realm of hall monitors and dividing lines as we step into the majesty of your kingdom. Kingdom unity is not something we teach, it's someone we receive, and its name your name is Jesus. Almighty God, we thank you and praise you for your unending mercy and grace poured out upon our nation. You have delivered us in times of war, reunited us after conflicts among ourselves, and filled our lives with such abundance, your blessings overflow our borders. Yet still, we take you for granted. We come before you now in desperate need of your forgiveness. We confess that the liberty you so graciously gave us has become a license to do as we please. Our culture mocks you. Our highest courts are esteemed above your word. We've traded genuine spirituality for temporary pleasure, true virtue for hollow celebrity. We teach our children self-indulgence, yet stand mystified at the blood on their hands. We lust after material things, yet wonder why our souls are empty. We lament the walls that divide us, even as we segregate ourselves. Revive us, O oh Lord. Your presence is our only hope. Impart to us your passion for good over evil. As we humble ourselves and seek your face, forgive us, O oh God, and heal us. Make us one that America would be the land you envisioned from the beginning, a beacon of hope lifted to the world, a people free to serve you and one another in genuine love. 
In the name of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, in the name of Jesus Christ, our King who allows us to return today and forever into his presence. Amen. Amen. It was that night I, I literally texted Tom and I said, um, well, I, in so many words, I said, I just want to thank you so much for addressing the political divide in, in our nation and, um, and bringing in a message of unity. Um, it, it stood out to me uh, among all the others. Um, and, and my prayer is, even as, as uh, I invite him up here, um, he's not like anyone that you might expect. He has a passion to be a, a post-partisan bridge builder, uh, praying for people on both sides of the aisle. And so for the past five weeks, and he'll share more with this, uh, he's been on and all over our nation doing a pre-election prayer walk, praying with governors and legislators in all 50 states. Um, I've been, we've been going back and forth and like texting and, and calling each other. And uh, over the past week, like, like eight days, I think he's been in Texas, Louisiana, um, Alaska, Hawaii, um, Massachusetts, Vermont. You were in Vermont yesterday, weren't you? And then um, hopefully uh, up, up here in Maine. And so um, finally, he's on this last tail end of this trip uh, before election and has kind of ending it here in the most important state. Amen? The most significant city. Amen? And the most influential church. New Life Church. And uh, so, so yeah, I mean, you're pretty, pretty, this is like an exclamation point on the, the end of this thing. And uh, I just appreciate you. I appreciate your heart. appreciate your heart for God's people. And um, I'm, you guys are in for a treat. So would you guys just, whether you're here or online, would you welcome Pastor Tom Demery up here? Well, it was holy until he said in the best church, so the, I guess the anointing just went out the door. Oh, well, that's all right. Um, so what's weird, hi, everybody. And, and I, I know that there's, there's going to be more people I probably recognize later, but uh, I was texting Deanna, Jeff, and Derry Lynn to, to say that she sends her love and, uh, or that you send your love like you said, Derry Lynn. The first thing Derry Lynn says when she greets you is not, oh, it's so good to see you. She goes, oh, I, I was hoping you'd bring Deanna. All right. Uh, so was I, trust me. Um, and the reason, let's see, there's too much to do because it's been a while, but let's go to what, what Justin was saying. By the way, I was asking him, who's the, who's the gal at the piano leading worship? Excellent. He said, that's my wife. I said, good choice. Um, so... Um, what, what he said about, I, I'm in the middle of writing an email. I'm going to be all over the map today. And, and if you heard me before, you think, well, yeah, well, whatever. That's you. But I, I've actually can be linear sometimes. Sometimes I wear a suit and a tie now on Capitol Hill. I'm like a grown-up. It's unreal. But there's so much on my heart, and I'm going to talk to you like you were in my living room, like we were all standing around the island in our kitchen, because I don't think we're supposed to be different here. Amen? Somebody? Uh, most of you would remember Pastor Kevin Roberts. Uh, just stand up and wave so they know who you are. There he is. Um, uh, he, he's my minder. He takes care of me. Um, and I need a little minding these days, it would seem. So, what Justin said about that, that he thought it stood out, there were about 90 speakers at this doodad, okay, on the mall. And uh, we've been the flavor of the month. We, listen, our little ministry has had the honor of leading almost 30,000 miles of prayer walks across the length and breadth of the country. We've prayed through every congressional district, all 435. Yes, that's a lot of cities to get to. Um, and right now we are, besides the five or six you mentioned, there's the other 44 because we, we are going to every single state. And, and so far, Maine is our 46th state on this governor's prayer walk and we have and we didn't know one i mean i knew a few gov former governors but we didn't know one current governor and that's not my world um none of this was my world a few years ago if you speak all over the country you get to know a few cats because it comes with the territory but you know that was we didn't endeavor to know these guys and uh and after praying through the districts a few years ago 
things changed and we started getting all these invitations to Capitol Hill and blah, 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 and we thought we were supposed to do it. So off we went and favor's better than talent. Did you hear what I just said? Favor is better than talent. Every time, every day, every way. And, uh, and somehow, it's too long of a story and that's all I'd talk about and I would be a mess. But it's just hitting me on this trip. In fact, just yesterday, as a matter of fact, um, I'm a sentimental guy, and I'm, dude, I'm really glad to be getting to know you, and, and I really like you, and I can tell you're going to be as handsome as me someday, so it's, it's awesome, okay? We're going to be like, awesome. These grandma and grandpa pastors in the back here are, are part of the legacy of what made us who we are today. Um, Jeff was the toughest porcupine marshmallow pastor I'd ever met, probably. And he was a slow simmer to get to know it. You ever notice he doesn't become your best friend in five minutes? Takes a while. But boy, did you teach me a lot, brother. And both of you became, I mean, when, you know, Deanna, this is what I always say at home, oh, you're really going to love these people. (sighs) Yeah, sure, sure. But when she came to your house, she's like, oh, yeah, I really do. And no offense, Jeff, but especially you, Derry Lynn. Um, (laughs) So if I told her I was, at, I was in Biddeford today, she'd say, was Derry Lynn there? She wouldn't even, and that other guy, and, and Mr. Derry Lynn, whoever she's married to. So because I think, it, I think that has something to do with this, that because of this sentiment, sentimental thing, I don't, just the way God made me, it, it just kind of started to hit me. We didn't know one governor before we started. Now, I, I, by God's favor, I know a couple hundred members on Capitol Hill now, and, and there's not a day that goes by where I'm not talking to them and texting them and hearing from them. It's, it's, I'm kind of become this, this under-the-radar chaplain on the Hill. It's just wild. Um, didn't try to, wasn't try, contrived. We weren't trying to get access. Everybody and their cousin, every Yahoo that goes to D.C. is trying to get access and show you how important they are. And it's just, they're just like, Politicians are just like pastors. Deal with it. Loved by thousands, known by none. And I don't mean everybody. I wouldn't be here if we weren't becoming friends. So it's safe haven to talk about this. But the same dysfunctionality that plagues us I finally found the a people group more dysfunctional than pastors. So I think I'm only ministering to them because it makes me feel so much dang better about myself. Hallelujah. We do things in this professional, corporate, you know, pictures on the wall. You know how many cities we've been to? where we've gotten pastors together from all over the city who have pastored in the same city for a generation. But they might be culturally on two opposite sides of the tracks, and they've never had a conversation. And we'll come into their town to, to lead a prayer walk, and, and when we take out, out the door, I'll tell them, hey, by the way, when we're praying right now, instead of just praying the whole time, am I allowed to move around? I mean, it's not, the camera guy's not going to freak out. Oh, but yeah, you're allowed to move around as long as you don't go past the second stair. Okay, so um, I'm going to own this second stair by the end of the day. Is this already too low? Are we okay? All right. Uh, for all the people online, sorry, whatever. I love you, but I can't see you, so I really don't care. Hallelujah. Okay. Um, when we go on these prayer walks, we'll encourage people when you're walking along with these other pastors, because my whole world is, it was kind of always rooms full of pastors. Now it's rooms full of pastors and cloakrooms full of members and, and, and now this state stuff. It's just weird what God's doing. Good weird. I don't mean bad weird. I mean good weird. I mean favor is better than talent. Good weird. Amen? You with me still? You with me still? So we'll get these guys out the door to pray and, and I'll tell them, when you're praying, why don't you, why don't you ask the person you're praying with to tell you a little bit about their story. And, they, and, and there's always guys in the room, you know, that, that, you know, 
the, the, the spiritual horse shacks, you know, who always have their hand up. The, the hall monitor guys who mean well, but they're like, no, we're supposed to pray. Well, dude, you've been going to prayer meetings in your city for 30 years and you don't know anybody. I would that they be one. Just as you and I are one. My wife, Dion, and I have a pretty good gig. She's my best friend. And somehow, by God's grace, I've become hers. That took longer. <laughs> hey, love is, a, love is a covenant. If you fear the Lord, love, love is, is a decision. But liking somebody, dude, that's the bonus round. We like each other. I'm almost likable. It's, I'll get there. And our unity, we hope that people would see our life and go, man, I don't even understand their oneness. That's what Ephesians 5.32 says, that the unity, the, the way God makes two become one is a, is a mystery beyond comprehension. Well, if that's a mystery, how much more so is the union of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? If you think you can explain it plainly, then you're a heretic because it's beyond us. That's my point. Our oneness together is supposed to be exactly like that. So bound together that you can't explain it. There aren't words. In, 220, in 2020, we've run out of adjectives to describe this year, have we not? Long ago. We've run out of the expression Oh my gosh, the biggest story of the year. That, it doesn't matter. That's every five minutes now. That's nothing compared to how people are supposed to run out of adjectives to describe our oneness. And yet, the professional purveyors of our oneness, most of us, two-thirds, don't have, according to Barner Research, which is pretty reliable, don't have one single person on the planet, one single human person, in other words, the arms and, and the embrace and the voice and the ears of Christ manifest right now on this planet through you and I. They don't have one of those Jesus extensions. They don't have one of those little Jesuses, in other words, Christians, including their spouse, that they feel they can confide in. Two out of three. I don't know what they're preaching from here, but it's not the gospel. Because the gospel is supposed to be modeled, not just manifest by words. Now, the goodness of God is if his word goes forth, there's still fruit. So in spite of how broken we are, something still works. So we think, oh, that's all right. Bills are paid. We're moving along. Please. We could do better. Amen? So all that to say, when I got up on this thing and spoke at the doodad and you texted me and, and my phone blew up with these other texts and some members came backstage and thanked me and blah, blah, blah. And what we heard, we, we thought, I kind of figured I was on the, on, the, on the subject matter that everybody that day would be talking about. I mean, that's why we were there. We're, we're doing a day of repentance. You know, I read The Harbinger. I, I did the work, you know, and... We're, we're there for a day of repentance at a time where the America is, is, is as divided as it's ever been. Some would say more. Certainly as, as gnarly as it's ever gotten. Well, of course that's all we're going to talk about. And I heard from dozens of members and pastors that uh, apparently I was the only one all day, all weekend, that addressed that. There was another event going on in the mall that day. And, and trust me, have you noticed? But the reason I'm telling that now is I'll bet by now you can already tell that I don't bring a lot of horsepower or the best intellect that ever walked into the room. This is all you get, okay? This is my best. This is it. And I'm the only dude that, that spoke what I believe would be the only thing on God's heart right now at a day of repentance because we're broken, Oh my gosh, look at us. We're all here. Oh, are you kidding me? I didn't talk to one black pastor. Okay, let me define terms. I'm going to profile because that's how we roll. Everybody profiles. Doesn't mean you have hatred in your heart. It means you, you notice things. 
That's all. I noticed Justin's taller than me. I profiled him as a tall dude. I met Mike and Mark and Bob and somebody, and I profiled them all as white guys can't tell them apart. They all look the same. There are black churches. Sadly, the term black church and white church are easy to understand nowadays. No more difficult to understand than the days that Dr. King declared 11 o'clock on Sunday morning to be the most segregated hour in America. It hasn't changed. And there are some black churches like, like Harry Jackson. Bishop Jackson is a buddy of mine. He's a great guy. I love him. We've been friends a long time. He lost his wife a couple years ago, just got remarried. I mean, his life, pray for him. There's some things going on. He needs to get healthy. But he's the exception. Most of the black church votes very different than I do. I'm not, I'm not here to tell you God's a Republican because I guarantee you he's not, okay? Ooh, everybody, some of you, are, this is first service people. They're older crowd. They're, they didn't like that. You probably wear Dockers all summer long. They didn't like that remark. Well, he's not a Democrat either. He's so infinitely above that. How much? I don't know. As high as the heavens are above the earth, I guess. Do I have strong convictions politically? Oh, dude, come to my house when the TV's on. Trust me. Because it's my responsibility to vote according to what I believe God's telling me in my heart. And I'm a biblican. By the way, I would never call myself a Christian conservative because that's a hyphenated term. And I'm never going to hyphenate anyone to Jesus because he's more than enough. But there was another event going on the same day we, were, we did this doodad. And it was an event, I'm just going to say it, now I'm in trouble because I guess this is being broadcast, but I'm just going to say it. It was an event with, with the, uh, should I say this? Too late. You probably can do the math if you knew the day. Um, so too many people already figure it out. Franklin Graham was doing another event on the mall that day. And we did, we purposely chose not to be involved. Why? Because we don't like him? No. I don't, I don't know him. But I know a lot of people in the Graham organization and they've been so sweet to us. They've helped us so much. Um, and they're the sweetest people you'd ever know. And when you're, when, you're, when you're with them, you're like, oh my gosh, you guys are awesome. I mean, that's how you feel the whole time you're with them. What they don't realize, though, for some reason, is that in the black church, the black church that I just was talking about a moment ago, not one of those black people even knew about the return. They did know that Franklin Graham was going to D.C. And what they would say about that is, well, yeah, that, that's, that's a, he, he's an evangelist for white Republicans. And we don't even realize that that's how half the church feels. Because we don't know, because we're oblivious because we're not really connected. And his rally that day, though I would probably agree with a lot of everything that was said, and a lot of my buddies spoke, but it, it really was kind of a, a Trump rally disguised as a prayer rally. If you're going to have a Trump rally, God bless you, go have one. We've seen a lot of them around the country. We've seen a lot of these parades, uh, spontaneous parades all over the country. If you want to do that, knock yourself out. But don't call, it a, don't call it a prayer rally. If it's a political rally, be a political rally. Amen? Have a little integrity. I don't believe they lack the integrity. I think there's just a blindness. I think we just don't see. And I know that he's a real important big-time guy, and I'm nothing, so I shouldn't say anything. But I'm trying to paint a picture that's crystal clear. When we hitch our wagons to one side of the aisle or the other, and that's the only gospel we present, we are gravely mistaken when jesus changes a heart he changes a vote for his will amen 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 i know where i am you probably liked me until just now i was on a prayer retreat this is, I haven't opened my notes yet, so I'm really dangerous right now. But I was on a prayer retreat a few years ago. Jeff's so shocked. Oh, 
color me shocked. Knock me over with a feather, he says. <laughs> he didn't look at his notes, and here we go. Um, I was on a prayer retreat. What? Yeah, I have notes. Oh, yeah, I fast. I, I do all the stuff, brother. I'm, I'm in. I'm all the way in. Um, I mean, back door, but I'm all the way in. Uh, I hope. Oh, please, Jesus. Um, I, was at a, I went to a prayer thing, a little pastor's doodad, years ago, and we were remodeling our kitchen. Um, this is such an old story. I might have told it, but some of you are new. Um, but it has, sure has a message. Um, we're remodeling our kitchen. Remember how I said I've become a little likable at home, remember? Katie, please, you remember too, right? Right, okay. Come on, I need some of the chicks to remember because I need to be, I need to get the, the suburban women vote as well, amen? Okay. So, um, and, and I'm a bit of a, dry, I, I, I'm a bit of a driven guy, a little bit. And, uh, and I also, my greatest spiritual gift is, is fastidiousness and perfectionism, and some people don't understand that gift. Doesn't that irritate the crud out of you, people who don't get that, right? So I'm laying tile on our backsplash, and I never get to be Joe husband at home because I'm always on the road, so I'm really enjoying getting to do this. Uh, Kevin had been over helping us. Deanna and I remodeled our whole kitchen, did like a $35,000 remodel for five grand out of pocket. It's awesome. When you come over, I want you to rave about it and take your micrometer out and measure all the grout lines in that backsplash, and you will find that they are exactly the same. And there's a reason, because they have to be, right? Come on, right? So I'm doing this, and one little piece of tile on my lowest price, you know, tile saw from Home Depot, you know, no matter how many times I sand it and a little uh, going around an outlet, I can't get it just right, and I need to get on a plane to go to a pastor's prayer retreat. You know, we're going to get on the raft and sail out to the island of misfit toys and pray, that kind of thing, right? So... I got to get this before, and of course I'm late for the plane, and Kevin's not there to tell me, we got to go, we got to go, we got to go, so I'm even later, and I can't get it right. Inside, Vesuvius. I'm not exaggerating. Inside, Exorcist Five. I mean, just, I mean, you know, if I were to, if I were to enunciate my, my flesh that's inside just burning, all the neighbors would call 911 thinking that I was literally having a, a meltdown. But I'm, you know, I'm a reverendized dude, so I know not to do, I know how to fake it. I know how to hate you and smile, because I'm a pastor, hallelujah. <laughs> no, because I'm an American, because I'm an American Christian. Because, not because I'm a pastor, because I've been raised in the soup, same as all of us have been. That it's all about how we look on Sunday morning. Oh, please. I don't think there's a Sunday morning category on God's inventory sheet when he looks at our life. So I get on the plane. It's three planes to get to this thing. I'm going to go over here. Oh, you probably can tell I'm going over here. Um, and uh, there's three planes to get to this thing. And I'm on the first plane. And I'm... see you. Um, if you have a song at the end, the, you're not going to know what to play, Katie. Hallelujah. Um, so I'm on the first plane, and I'm, and I'm really trying to repent for the Vesuvius stuff, right? But I'm not feeling it. You know, you know when you're there, you know, you know you're supposed to repent, but it ain't, it ain't happening, you know? You know, that, that, that there's, there's no, I mean, I'd even take a little human sorrow that leads to death. You know, I'd even take that. But the godly sorrow is a long way off still, right? That leads to repentance, that leads to life. That's why we're repenting. God, I really, you know, and I'm feeling, and I'm hearing the Lord speak to my heart. And he's saying, you know, you're, you're actually a man of God. You probably shouldn't be that way. I know, right? I know. I'm just not feeling it. And I'm, so the whole flight, I'm praying. Nothing. Bupkis, second plane. Smaller little regional jet. Trying, trying, trying. Closer, nothing. Nada. Third plane, turboprop. One of those, right? Like the old hotels where you put the quarter in and the bed goes. One of those. 
as I'm walking off the steps of the last plane, it hits me, and I'm undone. And I look at my left arm, the arm where you would, if you're a little bit of a driven dude, where that would signify where you'd have a heart attack, where anxiety would rule you rather than the peace of Christ that always overcomes that in real time. In the multitude of my anxieties within me, your comforts delight my soul, Psalm 94, 19. That peace, that comfort, that be anxious for nothing but in everything with prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That peace. And I look at my left arm and there's a tattoo. There's literally a tattoo on my left arm. It's not there anymore, it, but it was there for a few hours and nobody else could see it, by the way. And, and yes, I was asking them. I was walking up to people saying, you see this? And they're like, wow. You know, that was before TSA was as hardcore. Right? They would have kicked me out of that state. If I knew fonts, I could tell you the font it was in. It said this, I know your blood has set me free, truly free indeed. So help me, Lord, to walk it out. For this is my daily need. And I stand on the promises for revival in my soul. I stand on your word, oh God, for you alone can make me whole. When shadows seem to overwhelm the covenant I've made, forgiveness brings me back to for my ransom has been paid. My ransom has been paid. Cause you paid the price for everything I've done. To you I'm priceless. If I were the only one before the cross, you knew everything I'd be, still you came to set me free. Even when I let you down, you are faithful to forgive. Come and turn my heart around So that I can truly live Here's a tattoo verse I know your blood has set me free Truly free indeed So help me, Lord, to walk it out For this is my daily need This is my daily my need cause you paid the price for everything I've done to you I'm priceless as if I were the only one before the cross you knew everything I'd be Still you came Set me free Set me free Lord to walk it out for this is our daily need 
is a daily I need. I know your blood has set us free. This is our daily need. We know your blood has set us free, truly free indeed. So help us, Lord, to walk it out. For this is our daily need. Hallelujah. So maybe... Maybe God's going in a different direction. How much more time is there? We don't care. That's like saying, hey, can Johnny stay for dinner when Johnny's staying right there? What are they going to say? We hate Johnny, right? <laughs> um, your Toby stick guy, remember the Joe versus the volcano? I must hold the Toby. You know, I'm the Toby. I must... It's a great movie. You should watch it. Uh, Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan, back in the old days. Hallelujah. Before the, before the hospital got a hold of her. Come on, why do we do that stuff? A quick comment from what you were in last week. You were in 1 Peter 5, I'm guessing, last week. I'm going to quickly read just a few verses. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away. Somebody say hallelujah. Reserved in heaven for you, for us, for y'all, is the literal translation. Who are kept by, almost all the yous in scripture, by the way, should be, should be y'alls. They truly should, and the reason we say you is because of that independent, independent spirit that has driven the Western church since day one, and so the, the, they, they just decided to use you. Well, you is a plural, but they should have said you all or all of you, but they don't because well, we don't think that way. We don't think this way. We think me and God. Well, that's good. The ground zero of my life is me and God. But then there are other concentric circles that matter. If they didn't matter, then Jesus wouldn't have said Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. God does everything in concentric circles. And we need to get on his train, not ours. Amen? Amen. Holy cow, loving him and loving one another are not two separate commandments. It's a two-part commandment, and Jesus said it was the greatest one. And you can't be good at one and not the other. You're either doing both or you're doing neither. That's the way commandments go. I'm not mad at you. If Deanna was sitting in the front row, she'd say, honey, you look like you're mad. I'm not mad. I'm, I'm, I'm passionate. So when the neighbors call 911 because Pastor Tom is passionate at home, I need to tell the police, I'm not mad, I'm passionate. incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept, hallelujah, by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you've been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it's tested by fire, we don't like the testing, but it happens, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, hallelujah, whom having not seen, you love. How many love him? Come on. I'm not doing that for me to feel better. I'm doing that so the people watching online think you'd give a rip. How many love him? All right, hallelujah. People all over the world just got saved because of that. Hallelujah. Though now you do not see him, yet believing you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. Hallelujah. Receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Verse 6. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be. 
Say that with me, if need be. Dude, I hate those words, don't you? If need be? Wait, 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 wait. So when, so when the garbage truck pulls up to my front door, it's, it's because you're saying I, 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 I need that? Uh-huh. When COVID came, I wondered if 61 million Americans were going to die because that's about how many babies we've murdered. I figured that's fair. That's pre-law. God hasn't changed. I'm, I'm, not, I'm thinking he hasn't changed his mind. You take a life, I'll take a life. We're getting off easy, beloved. Plus, I mean, come on, what a fashion accessory. I mean, you know, we've been praying for this our whole life. <laughs> if need be. When President Obama was president, in the circles I grew up in, I didn't grow up being trained that God was a Republican, but I did grow up in a culture that just assumed you voted Republican. And I'll admit to you, I do, but I'm not here to talk about being a Republican. Because about 10 years ago, God started inviting me into some of these black churches that we were talking about earlier where nobody in the whole room has ever voted Republican. And I was probably the first white guy in history in their pulpit. Some of these are the biggest bishops in America, but the only one white people know is T.D. Jakes. There's more. And they don't know our culture and we don't know theirs. But somehow, by God's grace, he started giving me invitations onto this side of the fence, if you will. And I found that these guys agree with absolutely everything I do, including pro-life, including traditional marriage, including no transgender, including none of that. And they agree with all of it. They just vote different. Well, how can you do that? How can you feel that way? Well, guess what? They feel the exact same way about me. And I didn't grow up where they grew up. I still personally think they're wrong. I'll tell, I, I don't, you know, I mean, I already showed my cards. I vote Republican. I think, they're, I think they're blind. I think I can see a scotoma. That means a blindness that you can't tell you have on that side of the fence. But like everybody on my side of the fence, I don't think we have scotomas on our side. Isn't that great? What's that thing, the splinter in the log? Nah, it couldn't be that simple. Come on. We're way past that stuff. Really? We don't even have friends. I don't think we've even gotten to the splinter and log chapter yet. We need to be one first. You know what? When we're one, when we're really one, when we come into that perfect man Ephesians 4 talks about, meaning perfect person, meaning perfect, perfect entity of oneness, perfect Christ, when we come into that, we'll get the splinter and the log. Because you don't get it by hearing the sermon. You get it by having real relationship with people who love you enough to beat the crap out of you when you're out of line. The wounds of a friend are faithful. I probably shouldn't have said that. I probably should have said crud. Oh, well. The religious devils just ran down the street. Hallelujah. So sorry if I offended anybody. Well, not really, but I... But I but you're supposed to say that. Um, and if you're offended, I forgive you. Amen? That's another teaching. That's not an excuse. Pure speech is not about what words we use. It's the heart. But that's another teaching. Let's keep going. When we really are one, we'll get the splinter in the log because it comes by osmosis. It comes by the beauty of what God does when we're actually together. If I didn't have friends like Kevin, you think I'm a piece of work now. And I'm not trying to make this about how, how weird I am, but it's inescapable, and I know, because everybody tells me, so I'm, I'll use it. Hey, it's part of my bag of tricks. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a dork. I'm a butthead. I'm not your typical guy. But somehow God's using this guy that is not typical under the radar. Do you know... There's 50 governors in the country. It, to know the structure of each state house would be as much work as it's been to start to learn my way around the hallways in D.C., which to this day, I cannot find my way around. I always usually have a member with me, and if I'm by myself, it, I need to add an extra half hour to get down the hall because I can't figure out where the hall is. It's confusing. I think it's on purpose. 
So I don't know all these other state structures. I don't know anything about them. And when you go to minister to a state legislature, to a state house, the people that you come alongside, the pastors, they, they think you know all about their state. Are you kidding? You, you think we can learn D.C. 50 times over again because God told us to do this and I didn't feel well until a few days before, so off we went and we, with no prep? We hit the ground running not knowing, having any idea who the governor even was in the first day we were going to. We had to look online. That's how prepared we were. That's how hippie for Jesus, see to your pants, we approached this. And do you know you're the 46th state and we have, we have connected personally by cell phone with 36 of 46 governors so far? I mean, come on. How in a million years does that happen? But that's what I'm undone by and that's what I'm trying to finish an email that might go out tonight about to, how do you say that to people? God's given us a favor that's just, I mean, I don't know anybody else. When you have 250 district offices tell you that you're the first pastor they ever met that didn't have a political agenda, when you sit in the cloakroom and have members of Congress come up to you and say, are you pastor da-da-da-da-da-da, and you say yes, and, and they pour their heart out, like right now, and when they leave, everybody around there says, I've, I've never heard him say anything personal before. When that happens to you all day, every day, all the time, over the phone, by text, in person, it just hit me yesterday. This is an unusual level of favor. And the beauty of it is that it's hidden. The effectiveness of it is because it's hidden. We're zero threat to these guys. We usually take a bunch of pastors with us when we go see a leader. But on this governor's walk, we don't take them because they, they'll clam up. They don't want to talk, share their heart in front of everybody. You know why? Because everybody in their city has, hasn't taken the heart, heavy lifting of actually becoming their real friend. That 1 Timothy 2, 1 and 2, first of all, priority, right? That we pray for kings and all those in authority that we, we, we would lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and dignity. Well, does that look like America? Maybe we're not praying for our leaders. Oh, wait, I can help you. We're not praying for our leaders. You know how I know? I've been to every district in the country for the U.S. Congress. Ran into about a dozen that had a, ready, a friendship-based, that's my criteria, a friendship-based relationship with the pastors and elders in their city. About a dozen out of 435. How are we doing? Oh, they all pray. We all teach 1 Timothy 2. We all have a prayer group on Tuesday morning where four old ladies sit in the back of the room and pray. And they get a little weird, those prayer people. You know, they drive around with 47 shofars in their trunk and they wave flags just to say hello. It's like, come on, don't poke me. Why, does it, why is it that way? Because it's not their fault. They get a little out there sometimes because the rest of us aren't praying. It's not the fault of the prayer groups. It's the fault of everybody else. Because we're all supposed to be in this first of all priority. To pray for all men everywhere. All people everywhere. The text implies especially kings, presidents, congressmen, mayors, blah, 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 blah. Well, if you live in this town and your congressman lives wherever or your mayor is here or whatever, whoever, as you pray for them, why don't you pray that God would open the door for, maybe, for you to have maybe a relationship with them? Because trust me, they need friends. So that's the level of favors giving us, and this if need be thing stuck in my head, which I guess is all I'm going to have time to talk about. Um, and he said keep going, so I didn't look at the clock, and I have no idea at all what time it is. Um, it's my gift but I know it's getting late, it has to be. When, o when President Obama was president, I probably had, this is making sense to you by the way? Honest? Okay. Because I know where I'm going, but I'm just talking to you. When president, because there's too much, each one of these things, each paragraph would be a, a book if we went into it. But when President Obama was president, I had trouble convincing a lot of my white pastor friends not because they're white, but the culture they came from, 
Don't frown at me. Listen to the rest of the sentence. I had trouble convincing them that Romans 13.1 was true. Here's what Romans 13.1 says. I even wrote it down in my notes. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God. Somebody say amen. amen. And the authorities that exist are appointed by Democratic vote. Nope. By CNN and Fox. Nope. They're appointed by God. Go figure. When President Obama was president, the white evangelical crowd, a lot of those pastors even, would argue with me that that's not really true. He's really not God's appointed leader. Are you kidding me? So the Bible's only true when you like it. I think if, if, if somebody does a bad job in some role of leadership and it wrecks a town, they probably needed it. Because we just read in 1 Peter 5 from last Sunday, if need be. Dude, I hate that, don't you? 13 years ago, I was supposed to be dead. And I, did, and I didn't die. Wow, that's a great story, isn't it? I mean, it's a crummy story for me to tell because everybody knows the punchline. Here I am. Ah, I lived. After I lived, I lived with this a little bit of a, 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 a little bit of a, a, a gimp in my giddy up a little bit, and it's been that way since. But I'm the walk across America guy, dude. I don't get sick. But I've been uh, by on paper, I've been sick a little bit. You know what? Deanna likes me better. It's made me embrace how fragile that we are and how he, his strength really is perfected in weakness. Holy cow, beloved. I hope that it doesn't, God doesn't look at you and say, you need to be sick. I look at people like Derry Lynn who dealt with this thing that we prayed for for years. And I don't even, forgive me, dear, I don't even know if it's still going on, but we were praying for you. And, and, and I'm thinking, well, she's not getting it because of that. But... Because she's a nice person. I get why I had to do it. So don't make this about calibrating. Don't start. When you look at God's word and he says something convicting about need or da-da-da, please don't think of other people. We're not called to be hall monitors. Amen? Make your own bed. My prayer is you don't need some kind of a thing some kind of a gimp in your step or whatever to go to the next chapter of that sanctification process in your life. We're in this together, beloved. Amen? Are we totally out of time? Five? Okay, five. Let's do some slides. I wanna sh I'll tell you what we're, we've been doing and it'll be better if I do it with slides because otherwise I'll, I'll teach. By the way, the teaching that I had was from Ephesians 6 and it was Killer. <laughs> killer. Um, so let's just, we'll just stop this thing at the governor's and we'll just keep teaching all week. You know, okay, slides. Because I have no idea, but I'll know when I see him. Go. Go start. <laughs> there he is. That's who we are. Next. You want to, oh, you want to say amen to that prayer you heard? Get your phones out. Come on, wave them at, wave them at me so I know. Everybody, right now, right now, right now. Go. We only have a few minutes. Text the word repent to that number. 22828. We'll put that back up at the end or something. And then you'll get a text back and you can do all the stuff later and it's really cool and it works actually. Hallelujah. You got it? Everybody got it? Everybody got it? Got it. Come on. Not just Jeff. Anybody else? Okay, wow, you guys are really subdued. This is Mrs. Tom. That's Deanna. Look at that face. Oh, my gosh. And look at what's on her. This is her when she'd just been bawling her eyes out for about 45 minutes when we got the announcement of that. Hallelujah. There's ministry stuff to talk about, but who the heck cares because I'm a grandpa now. In the middle of this thing, Michelle decided to go four weeks early with her twin girls, Lily and Emma, 
So we went home for five days. Kevin has a new grandson, Samuel, and he's only like a month ahead. He's 12 years younger than me, and he had a grandson before me, but now I have two, so I'm ahead. Hallelujah. <laughs> there they are. Oh, ooh! Cuter than your kids. Next. There they are again. Next. There they are again. Next. That's our little girl at home, Daisy. She likes, that's, that's Lily in Deanna's arms. She likes Lily. Okay, next. And that's Kevin's boy, Samuel. Wait, go back. He gets some time. <laughs> Look at that smile. Look at that smile. Hello. Samuel Thomas. Woo, what a middle name. Yes, next. Next governor, Montana. Uh, currently a congressman. Way good guy. Jealous of his house. Next. That's what we do. Next. That's what we do. Next. Look at who that is. That's Jeff Tarbox from the back and Derry Lynn and me. Hallelujah. There we are on a prayer walk. Come on. Precious memories. Next. We do this stuff. Next. That's Congressman. Next. White guy. Good guy. These are pastors that didn't know each other at all before. That's one of those examples. And, dude, they hang all the time now. Brown, black, green, red, whatever. It's all good. Hallelujah. Next. People prayer walking. Look at the flags. You know they're prayer people. They got flags. Next. Uh, some of these people are way, are way excited for one side. Next. That's, that is uh, Maxine Waters' chief. Not quite as excited for that side. Wonderful guy. Wonderful guy. Brother in Christ. Next. Doesn't that, that makes some people go, ah, next. Great guy. This happened when we were going through all the districts. One of the last pictures of my dad. Um, Deanna could always get him to crack up. And uh, he was gone a month later, and we went home, blah, 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 blah. So with finishing that uh, was so cr crazy that it, it made me relapse in my little thing. And it's been a weird few years since then. So it's been a challenging time behind the scenes, quite frankly. Next was a very good friend of mine, was becoming a very good friend, was a sweet friend, and we were getting closer all the time, John Lewis. I'm sure I would have never voted the same as him one time in my life, but I tell you, beloved, he was known as the most tender-hearted believer on Capitol Hill. God is not a Republican or a Democrat. God is God. Next. Now that'll freak you out. I don't even need to preach now. <laughs> first time in, the his, in modern history, at least, first time in modern history that something happened with the speaker. I'm in the cloakroom. I didn't even know there was a cloakroom. It's like a dugout behind the, behind the, in the house side. And I'm on the Republican side that day with some friends, and I'm joking around on the end. And I, I, if I told you who I was with, you'd know all these guys because you see them on Fox all the time. And we're doing that thing, da, da 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 and all of a sudden, everybody looks the other way, and the room's really long and narrow. Jeff, you've probably been in it, so you know, but it's this long, narrow room, and you look, and suddenly all these guys are partying like the Red Sea, and their jaws are dropping on the floor, and here comes the Speaker of the House. She makes a beeline right for me, and she puts her hands out. She says, are you Pastor Demery? Yes, ma'am. And I thought, I'm supposed to say Madam Speaker, but, you know, I wasn't expecting her. So I got the lingo wrong, uh, but she took my hand. She didn't let go of my hand for six minutes, beloved, and just went on and on about what it meant to her that we went to her district in San Francisco and prayed for her folks and all of her colleagues. Everybody has something way, way deep, 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 deep inside. I don't know what's going to happen from that. She doesn't need to get saved for that to be a worthy moment. Are you with me? This isn't a sprint, it's a marathon. I became known as the guy that, that the speaker came into the Republican cloakroom. It's never happened before. It's the first time in history that that ever happened. And she came in to thank me for praying for her. We're not going to win people we regard as lost by winning the argument. 
we're going to win them by laying our life down to love them as God instructs us to do so by the whisper of his command. Amen? What we do is silly. It makes no sense. But this is the fruit. Next. By the way, because of that thing with Pelosi, excuse me, with the speaker, um, Gavin Newsom is a pen pal now. I mean, come on. How weird is that? Right? Favor, better than talent. Somebody said that, really a good-looking guy. That, that, then when, when we didn't feel so sick, we went in Prayer Walk, Texas to get better. Hallelujah, it worked. Next, people in Texas, they love Jesus too. Hallelujah. Even in foreign countries, they love Jesus. Next, people in South Texas at the border. We loved what was going on there so much next that we, that we, that we, Boom. Walked along the entire southern border, every inch between the Rio Grande and Mexico and, and San Diego. Got to pray for about 600 of these heroes, men and women. Most honorable group I've ever met. Next. Oh, by the way, now we have like carte blanche, red carpet favor. We went to an event in McAllen last weekend, and, and I, I called the chief in D.C. and got the number for the sector chief, and they invited him in and to pray for him that day while we were there. Come on. Not entirely bad. Next. Oh, that's, and those are guys where we, that's the very edge of the Rio where, where we had to get in the water to figure out where we started. And uh, they wouldn't let me hold any of their guns. Next. <laughs> that's a prayer circle because these guys can't be on camera when we're praying. It's all super secret, not allowed. But God doesn't mind. Next. I'm the, I'm the good looking boots. And that's where we were, what you already saw. Next. And what else we got? And that's a song that I didn't sing. Next. Oh, and that comes at the end if you want to give to our thing directly to us. I think Justin's going to tell you how you can give through the church website to do that, to do Pentecost Walk. So I don't care how you do it, and I don't care what you do, but God cares. And uh, all I want to say about that stuff is thank you, thank you, thank you. Amen? Thank you. Thank you. Um, and I'm done. And I'm done, so I'll sing one verse of this because it's what I would have taught on and we didn't go there. We ask anything, because we talked about prayer a lot, and, and, and we can end with this. And come up so I really end. If I ask anything in your name, surely you will do it. Surely you will do it. ask anything in your precious name your grace it will abound and your power will astound for you are the mighty God you are the ask anything in your name surely you will do it surely surely you will do it if we ask anything in your precious in your precious name your grace your grace it will abound in your power and your power will astound you are the mighty God, the mighty God. You are the King. You are the King of kings. You are the Lord. You are the Lord who hears our prayer right now. Stand. 
who hears our prayer when we pray and when we pray you hear us you hear us when we pray you move when we pray you move when we pray you answer when we pray time and when we pray you hear us when we pray you move when we pray you move when we pray you answer when we pray you answer we will pray we will pray 